Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from every remaining Division I team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press row. The man that sees driving. The amazing Mr. Please, please, please himself. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a man I can now call a returning champion. Here on our Crack Racket shows, of course, his Michigan Wolverines this past weekend earned opening victories in the NCAA tournament 4-0 over Toledo, 4-0 over Cal as well. They now face USC in the round of 16 and joining us to help preview that match is a man you all know best as a senior, all Big Ten performer for the University of Michigan, a man I now know best as Patch. Welcome back to our show, Pat Maloney. Pat, how are you doing today? Not bad, man. Thanks for having me. 
Um, uh, looking man. forward to the next 30 minutes or so. Yeah, no, it is always a pleasure to get the chance to chat. And yeah, now I've done my research. I've talked to the family. I've gotten the caller ID from your mother. I, I got all the details now. I'm ready to rock <laughs> and roll. And, you know, first and foremost, let's just address the elephant in the room. The line is fresh. The Mohawk is out for the NCAA tournament. Is it nice to have that freedom on the sides once again? Back. Back. <laughs> Feeling good. A little more aerodynamic. I think it helped me move side to side a little bit. Um, covering the corners a little better this past week. I don't think it's a coincidence. Um, but yeah, we did it did it last year. I liked it. Me and Beatty did it last year. So I figured, you know, why not? Why not bring it back? No, I think the best trade probably since the Lakers got AD and got him to the title, you trading the mustache for the Mohawk. Like it just it yeah, had to be it, done. Yeah. Took me a while. Took me a while to <laughs> take that look in the mirror, but um yeah, it had to be done. It yeah, had to look, be done getting rid of that mustache. It was yeah, just not for me. Yeah, honesty is the first step, my friend. And so, look, as long as you know it, uh, now we can all address it. And obviously, the other thing I want to address since I have you here today, opening <laughs> victories for you guys, shutouts over Toledo and Cal. Talk to me about how the guys are feeling after that opening weekend. Feeling great. Um, it's, been, it's been a, I don't know, very crazy season for us so far and you know we feel we're we're hitting our stride at the right time we're peaking at the right time as a team everyone's you know getting really healthy everyone's playing some good ball doubles is, is clicking so you know we're all feeling good we're feeling excited um yeah two two dominant dominant performances took it to took it to toledo and then um you know we we played a really good match against a good cal team the second day and it um maybe went even a little smoother than we were preparing for which is always which is always nice especially in the NCAA tournament so it was good good weekend everyone's feeling good yeah no i mean it's interesting to hear you say that because obviously watching from afar and i know we've chatted during the season but I know the number and the record looks really good. Obviously, you guys make the national indoor semifinals, 26 and four overall, Big Ten tournament finalists, and you're a top eight seed at this NCAA tournament. All of that said, I think I could make a pretty good argument that this Michigan team has yet to play their best match in the sense that it feels like whether it's due to injuries or whatever it may be. All six guys haven't had that moment where you all are clicking at the same time. Is that a fair set? Like, do you guys feel that in some sense as well, even though it is NCAA tournament time? Yeah, I think um, I think with us, you know, being 26 and four, but three of those four losses coming to Ohio State, obviously our biggest rival, it almost, you know, kind of looking back a few weeks, it almost seemed like it was more than that, you know, just because it's such a big match and you put so much, you know, so much emphasis on it. You want to beat those teams so badly, but you know, we all, we all took a step back. We, we kind of got on the same page and we were like, Hey, we're 26 and four and our losses are to Ohio state and Texas, two of the best teams in the country, you know? And now I feel, yeah, I feel, you know, one through six, everyone's starting to really, really, you know, kind of connect and everyone's playing well. It's not one guy playing well, one guy not. Um, doubles all three courts now. I feel are really gelling. Um, Bic, 4-0, huge weekend for him. Um, and, you know, we can we can count on him to, to be tough as nails in the postseason. That's exactly what he was this weekend. But, yeah, that's a, that would, I would say it's a fair assessment where we haven't hit our stride yet. 
And, you know, we've been saying that all year long. We're, we're doing, you know, what is necessary to peak in May. And I feel like we're on the right track for that. So everyone's feeling feeling really good. I think that's the scariest part of this weekend is it feels like both you guys and USC haven't played that best match yet. And if it both happens on Friday, God, is it going to be special? Um, you talked about the double side. You guys are able to win a couple of comfortable doubles points against Toledo and Cal. Perhaps most importantly, you're able to win those doubles points at the two and three positions, right? And it, you don't need Gavin and Fenty, who have been so good at the top this year, to help get you through that point. I've said this on Mike. I always say if I'm going to talk ill, you know, trash about a team, I should do it to their face as well. It's not that I'm talking trash. I think you guys have been fine at doubles and looking at the numbers 48 and 21. Good, not great. But I know what Adam Steinberg coach teams are typically like at doubles. And even back in 2015, 16, when maybe the number wasn't 26 and four, the doubles point, there's always an energy to it. I mean, respectfully, I know you guys have played a lot of pairings. There's been a lot of injuries. You feel like it took a little longer for doubles this year. And how do you feel about that doubles point now, knowing how important it's going to be this postseason? Yeah, I think it took a little longer. Um, I think it was um, it was just a little different having having that one team at one who was so good and you know winning so much, and then kind of going back and forth, especially with Nino when he was out for a little bit in the beginning and then, you know, some other guys dealing with some injuries and stuff, kind of switching those teams back and forth and then not knowing, should we put me and Stye together? Should we split us up and put us at two and three with somebody else? And so I think it just took us a little bit to, you know, to kind of try out all the all the possible teams and, and see what worked and see who played well with each other at what spots. And yeah, I think it took a little longer, but I also think um, a lot of those doubles points that we lost, you know, come down to one or two points. So I think with the doubles point, it's, it's you kind of have to be a little more of a realist, I think, when you're looking at it a lot of the times as a team. Like you lose a couple of doubles points, but realistically, it's you lost two, maybe three points in the set that caused it. So I think it's a balance of, you know, trying to find the teams that work, but not making it also a bigger deal than it is and kind of psyching yourself out. But I think, yeah, I think we found the teams now. Everyone's playing, everyone's playing well together. And and like I said, it took a little longer, but you know, to have it figured out on what May 8th, I think it's perfect. What is more surprising to you when a Connor Johnston two-handed backhand swinging volley goes in or the fact that any Fenty ground stroke clears the net and doubles. Because I'm telling you, like the way he keeps that ball low and like the way him and Gavin are attacking, I haven't seen something like it since the two-handed swinger. Like it's one of those things where you, you mentioned it. What's that tone been like that they're setting at the top? Yeah, it's great. It's great. You know, Fenty's always been always been that guy for us in doubles. Um, always with Matias, with yeah. Nino, and then with Gavin now. Um I think three different partners, always in the top 10 of the rankings, always, you know, played good doubles. Um, but if anything, it's just motivating, motivating for us to kind of try to get to that, to that level and just to kind of match what they were bringing every weekend. So I think it just motivated people. Um, it gave us a sense of, you know, confidence in them and in the team, just knowing that they're going to bring it. And, you know, Gavin's been playing great doubles as well. Um, but yeah, Fenty hitting those ground strokes, especially like the backhand when he kind of dips it cross. Yeah. I'm always watching it. Like if I catch a point or something, I'll change over. 
I'm on the edge of my seat and then it just like dips in. But he, um, no, they're playing great. Um, they're playing great. It's a lot of fun to watch them too. So it's been good. What's it been like? You, Fenty, have been together five years. Obviously, it's your fourth with Styler. I know you guys are obviously that top three and uh, you've played a lot together. What's that communication like between the three of you? What's it like to been, you know, through this together where obviously, look, all three of you could play that number one spot. All of you could make a claim for it justifiably with your results. And yet it does feel like obviously to the benefit of the team, you guys don't really seem to care where you fall in the lineup. And I'm just curious what that trust is like and what it's been like, you know, again, year five, four on this journey with them. Yeah, it's great, um, especially off the court, you know, just being such good friends with the two of them. It means a lot, you know, having having our last season together and actually and for me being able to spend every season with them, especially with Fenty. We did the summer program their pre-freshman year. We had that whole summer together before freshman year. And then we had five years um, of, you know, being here on the team together. And yeah, we just gotten to know each other so well. Um and yeah, tennis wise, you know, we all put our egos to the side and nobody cares what they're playing. Um, it's us, you know, we know we're the we're the top three in the lineup and um we just love the um I don't know, the the challenge and the and it, we just take it as a privilege to be able to lead the team and and play at the top and and kind of help these help these young guys in whatever way we can from what we've learned um over the past five years. Do you live at Mojo that summer year? Lived at Mojo. Lived at Alice Lloyd, which is next door to Mojo. Oh, so you're the the luxury suites. Mojo is real suffering. Bursley's suffering. Lloyd is luxury. Alice Lloyd was great. Terrible location. Great dorm. Mojo cafeteria was really good. Um, Terrible location. It was a a crazy era. It was just me, Fenty, and then a lot of the freshmen on the football, basketball teams. And we had that summer to kind of get get acclimated, but it was, uh, I, I don't know, wouldn't have, wouldn't have traded any, anything, um, any of it for the world. Um, it was, you know, it's been great to have, to have Fenty by my side for these, what, five, five and a half years. Tough location to get to the VTC. I guess I respect that, but other than that, you are on the top of the hill and no, I mean, again, nice. tough location is Bursley, my friend. Five Douglas, shout out five two zero eight. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a real struggle when your life goes from bus stop to stairwell to stairwell to bus stop. Yeah, um, not easy. Yeah, that's a real struggle. Um, God, Lloyd. Um, I did orientation. It's funny because I did orientation late. It was July, and you were in Mojo, no AC. It was hot, um, but you you're hanging around. You're right. It's only athletes and it is a fun yeah. time. It's the best time to be in Ann Arbor. And I'm sure for you guys, again, exams being done. Sweet 16. What's it been like? I know you had this experience last year. What are the benefits of getting that ability to prepare at home? It's the best um, last year, too, especially, you know, in Ann Arbor where we finished school pretty early. So we were done with school before the Big Ten tournament started. And I think we got some some other teams kind of go into you know mid late May. So I think that's a, gr- a great advantage for us. Um, tennis is our only focus now, especially now Ann Arbor. The weather beautiful, seventy five and sunny today. Um, got to pl- got to plug the good weather when it's here. Um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's great. It's you know our days are structured perfectly. We got practice, fitness, recovery, everything we need. They're 
extremely supportive right now, especially the, the trainers and the whatever, all the staff and stuff, especially uh, since we're one of the last sports going on. So we got a lot of attention on us. But uh, no, it's great. Practice been going really well. Spirits are high. Everyone's feeling, everyone's feeling great. Very excited. Were you monitoring the rankings this year? All season long, like looking top 16, top eight, what are our chances? And, you know, again, what was it? Because I know Steiny played an aggressive schedule as a player on that perspective. And I'm asking a lot of coaches why they aggressive schedule, uh, why the aggressive scheduling. Did you enjoy that as a player this year? Um, yeah, I love it. I love playing a tough schedule, especially being in the Big Ten. Um where some other conferences have stronger, you know, stronger in conference play, they get more more of those ranked wins. But I wouldn't. I mean, I follow it. Not crazy. Try to stay more process oriented. I feel like it being my fifth season, I have a pretty good understanding of what matches are are big for us and what match or you know, seeing how teams that played weeks before are doing stuff like that. I feel like I have an understanding of the rankings, but. No, I mean, I was checking it out a little bit. Top 16, I thought, was always almost certainly a lock, especially after indoors. Um, and then with some other wins we had, I, I kind of always knew we were going to be in the top eight. Um, it got a little dicey towards the end, actually, I thought, uh, going into the Big Ten tournament. It was a little close. I think I think we're seven, we finished seven, but um, no, always very confident that we were going to host all three. Um, and it's a huge, huge... Um, uh, it's a huge accomplishment for the program to get get that top eight seed and be able to host the team. What does it mean to the program? What does it mean to you as a player, not only to have yourself hosting, but you know, last weekend you have the Saturday where both teams are playing. This weekend you have both teams playing in the Sweet 16. What does that mean to Michigan tennis and you know to you, not just you guys, but obviously to the women's team as well to have those chances? Yeah, I think it's huge, um, especially you know my first year not being great. My junior year, you know, having that those struggles with the with the in conference only stuff and not being able to host, um, but yeah, but being able to do it with the women's team, um, you know, I know Ronnie and Stani always talk about trying to have the best you know tennis program overall, men's and women's team, and we're right up there for sure. They're having a great year, back to back Big Tens and and you know being what top five in the country, but yeah, we. We, we were able um, last weekend to play on the same day, and we had phenomenal crowd, ton of people, um, really, really great crowds both days. So I feel like Ann Arbor is kind of getting behind us, and um, just the athletic department overall is kind of really showing us a lot of love now, which is great, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to help us a lot, not even just this year, but also in the years going forward for sure. No, it's, it's awesome to see in – you know, again, it feels like both programs have sort of rubbed off each other a little bit. And yeah, it's fun to just see a unified tennis program. The men and women have that opportunity to play those matches in front of the community. Certainly exciting for tennis. Let me ask, with all the things you guys have been through this season, what's been the biggest surprise to you as this 2023 is unfolded? About what, just about your team, how it's un- unfolded. What, what surprised you most about this year? Um, surprised me the most. I don't think anything's really surprised me that much just because, I don't know, I've been around for so long and I've kind of seen almost everything I feel. But seeing the way Styler's been this year has been unbelievable. It's been a lot of fun to watch him. Um, 
obviously everyone knows how good he is and how good he could be. But to see him kind of take that extra step this year has been great. Um, definitely not a surprise, but just really nice to see. Um, yeah, and then Will Cooksey um, having a hell of a year. I think he's probably nine and one, maybe ten and one on the year. Uh, won three matches for us at indoors. Um, kind of being tossed into the lineup like that when Nino is injured. Um, those are probably the two, you know, most. If you could say not surprising, but the probably the best things I've seen from this team this year. Um, then just overall how we've bounced back from from losses or from from really gutty wins um, has been great. You know, being able to beat um, Northwestern three times like that really tough team um, who were playing really well against us that was great for us. Um, but yeah, I would say Stai and uh, Stai just being Stai, being a beast, and and Cooksey having a great, great sophomore campaign. Were you monitoring Northwestern take six first sets over Kentucky? Were you surprised? Yeah, so we were playing. We got off yeah. court and uh, did our recovery, had our post-match meal, and saw maybe Bick checked and saw the score. So we threw it up on our uh, we threw it up on the TV in our locker room for yeah. a few minutes, and we were pulling for Northwestern. Man, it was tough. Yeah. Um, six first sets. Steve had a really close one with Draxel, and then I think I think I think Pickens right in the third. They, um, but we weren't surprised. They're good, man. They're they're a really good team. Just that one hurt though for sure. That was a tough one. Yeah. But we were watching. Yeah. No, it was fun to watch. I mean, you know, again, seeing the depth, the parity across the board. I'm curious in your mind, and I'm asking this to everyone just so you know, not just you because you're a player. And again, shout out to these coaches for answering. And honestly, do you think there's a favorite right now? 16 teams left in the event. Is there a clear-cut title favorite? How do you feel, you know, at this point of the tournament, 16 teams remaining? No. I'd say they're definitely not a favorite. Um, I'd say after this weekend, um, once we get – basically the final eight set, I think anyone in the, in the top eight can win it. I think it depends on who's hot, who's healthy, who's playing well, who's playing good dubs, um, who's playing well outside, who's playing well in the heat, all of that stuff, I think is going to be the deciding factor. But all these teams are so good. You see Georgia had a slow start, right? Top eight now, great team, playing really well. Um, obviously, Ohio um, is a good team, very good team. Texas, TCU, it's all the, it's all the Virginia. I can't count them out, obviously, after what they did last year. Um, but no, I think it's all the same. So close, the level so different. Everything's decided by a few points here and there. Yeah. Now there are some really good teams. Obviously, you guys amongst them, USC amongst them. Who I know you faced this weekend. You brought it up, so I got to ask the follow up. Who do you think? makes more pitch i mean who wants to pitch styler more about playing pro me or you at this point because 20 and 1 i think overall in the year to beat ozon 0 and 1 or 1 and 0 whatever it was i was there it was a joke i mean again the weapons the size you see it what what's it like to have that at the top of the lineup what does it do for everyone that means there's you can't ask randoms He's a gamer. We've always knew that, right? First year he came in, he clinched probably like five or six, maybe more, Texas four, three Tech, matches as a freshman. Or, yeah, that kickoff weekend. All of it. Texas Tech, Ole Miss, yeah. Texas A&M at indoors, Notre Dame, 4-3 at Notre Dame. Um, list goes on. Big Ten tournament last year, clinched it. Um, 
yeah, the guy's a gamer. Um, I feel like me and him have gotten really close over the past couple of years. Um, we kind of see eye to eye with a lot of stuff regarding the team and just how we want to approach college tennis. But yeah, I think I think who wants to pitch him more? Pro you for sure. Just because just because how close I am with the guy, it's just not what he wants to do right now. He wants to go to New York City. He's he's excited for it. He's looking forward to it. And I'm just I'm pumped to finish this year with him, and then I'll watch him go. You know make his money and I'll go hang out with him in the Hamptons in a few years. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. It sounds like a win. Um, I think that's a fair yeah. assessment. No, I mean, yeah, to see that. And, you know, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, you have guys, not just the six we saw play this past weekend, but, you know, making sure Cooksey and making sure Bjorn and all these guys get reps throughout the course of the year. How important was that to this team? And, you know, again, only six guys can play, how do you guys make sure that dynamic never gets to the point where it's, you know, again, destructive for the team? Yeah, um, I think it's definitely important, especially when you got a young team like that, especially going into next year, right? When me, Fenty and Stye are gone, um, you kind of you want these boys ready to kind of, you know, start the next year off strong. Um, but, yeah, it just happened that that Nino was out for a little bit, that I was out for a little bit. So. A lot of these guys got to, you know, get some burn issues. And yeah, Cooksey did a great job, like getting thrown in the indoors, you know, not having much. Because you always say, you know, when guys who don't normally play, they get to, they get thrown in. It means a lot more when it's a match like that, when you're playing a like a Virginia or a Stanford at indoors. Like it just means more than, you know, maybe getting thrown in against, I don't know, on a double header or something, right? So for Cooksey to get those quality matches was huge. And for him to do so well in that, in that, in that setting, I think it's just a big confidence booster going into next year. Um, but yeah, and we're extremely confident in Bjorn um, going into next year. And we, we, you know, everyone's feeling good about the team, but yeah, I think, I think it's huge to get, to be able to get those guys um, some reps during the season. Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and and you've talked about confidence, and look, anyone who watches you play, you're one of, if not the most compelling player to watch in all of college tennis. You like to talk. You like to be verbal. You like to make your presence known on the court, and I know you do that not just for yourself, but for your teammates as well. There's been a lot of trash talk dialogue in tennis of late. Um I'm not saying what you do constitutes trash talk, but I think it's as close as we'll ever get in tennis. And certainly college tennis provides an environment where perhaps it's more appropriate or at least accepted than other places of tennis right now. But talk to me about that energy. Talk to me about why that's important for you to do the fun you have with it and why, you know, again, why that's the essence of college tennis. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's the best. I think. Um, as someone who you know, made things be, um, you know, my mindset is, is, is why not, right? It's fun. It makes it more fun. It makes it more entertaining. Um, it's, com- it's all competitive, right? At the end of the day, it's four or five years of my entire life. Like, why not make the most of it and, and really, you know, enjoy being able to go out with five, six of my best friends on a weekend and, and go, you know, compete, right. And give everything you have. Like when I'm, when I'm 40 years old, I don't think I'll be looking back upset about, you know, some sort of trash talk 
stint I had, but I'll be, you know, I'll just be remembering like those, those good competitive memories with, you know, best friends on my team. So and I think it just makes it more interesting, right? Nor I'll be playing pro tennis after this year. I'm not, that's not going to be happening on the pro tour. So yeah. like, why not get, get it all out now? And in my case, it helps me play better too. So, um, that's, I guess a little added bonus too, but yeah, it just makes it more fun, um, more enjoyable. And it's, it's a different, a little bit of a different take on tennis that I really like. What's the best trash talk you've ever dished out? Um, it's tough. There's a few, there's a few that I can't repeat on here. Um, <laughs> there's a few that I'm going to keep in my pocket just to keep okay. it PG. But, um, I mean, playing at, um, big 10 tournament last year, there was a lot with some guys in the crowd. Um, might've been Cash's brother. Um, but I'm not positive. <laughs> um then playing at ohio state is always always a lot um baylor this year um i thought the crowd the crowd was really on me um, a lot and i was not not even so much trash talk but i think the best thing was probably we were playing at tcu last year and cam nori was right behind my court like three rows up and i was serving like a set in five four trying to serve at the match and this guy was just in my kitchen, like 24, just all over me. Like I hear like the British accent. He's like, Maloney, you're not going to serve it out. You're not going to serve out the match. You suck. You're a choke artist, all this stuff. Right. Okay. So I hold. In, give him the, give him the horn frogs logo said, said a little quick something and then went to the, went to the handshake. But that was probably, that's probably <laughs> the most fulfilling, um, one I could think of in my four years, in my five years, but there's a, it's yeah. a long, it's a long list. Yeah, it's a long list. No, I guess again, I appreciate you keeping a PG. I would say the best is when you told your dad, "Why are you watch?" You know, you dismiss him from your court and you say, "Oh, you're watching the match from the bush like a creep." Uh, that's a pretty good one. That's that's also pretty. Oh, that's like, yeah, that's, that's up there yeah, on the list. When I was, uh, yeah, I was 14 years old playing in that. I was playing. It might have been like hard courts or something, and I think I was just being a baby, and my dad stormed off. Um, yeah, I think he just didn't want to watch me kind of make a fool out of myself on court. And I turn around <laughs> and I see him like three courts over, like trying to watch, like peeking his head over a bush, um, <laughs> like not trying to be seen. There's a really funny story that we always, uh, we always laugh about. I like that. No, it's good. I mean, I guess the, the flip side is when the crowd gives it back to you, that's what makes the college tennis special, right? Like you would prefer a crowd that gives it back to you than a crowd that d- gives you nothing. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm all for as rowdy as it can be, as crazy as it can be. Um, obviously, there's a line, right, with with some respect things, and um, at some point, right, you got to draw that line. But you talk no, about I'm my game, not me, the person. To, yeah, I mean, personally, for me, like any you, anyone could say whatever they want, but I'm sure, obviously. You know, you can't you can't be people like cursing and screaming all match. But um, no, I'm all for it. I'm all for going going to an away match and and having a hundred people behind you. You know, trying to get in your head. I think that's what makes college tennis so special. And I think for the fans to be able to engage like that and and kind of become part of the match, I think that's just going to grow college tennis even more. And you know, being able to cheer without having to, you know, get get a dirty look like a 
tournament or something. I think it's, uh, I think it's whatever, whatever we can do as a sport to just get more fans and get, and get more, um, just more support and more love from, from the community. So I think it's as fun as possible. Yeah, no, I love to hear it. Well then last few for you confidence wise, again, this group's 26 and four national indoor semifinalists. You made the final site last year. Your four losses are all the teams ranked in the top three. How confident is this group going into the Sweet 16, going into this final stretch? How important is that confidence to whatever's going to happen? Yeah, we're feeling we're feeling great. Um, everyone's extremely confident, coaches, players. Um, everyone's feeling good, um, as confident as could be, um, especially after this weekend, right? We're all on the same page now. Everyone's Everyone's healthy. Everyone's feeling good. Um, yeah. And now it's just our turn to just go out and hunt these teams and take it. Yeah. Well, sweet 16 USC, you got them earlier this season. Obviously they've added a new piece since then. What's it going to take to get over the hump? Yeah. I think doubles is huge, um, against this team. I know they've, um, like we have switched up their doubles a bunch throughout the year. Um, but they're good, right? They got that, they got that veteran experience with, with Bradley and, and Steph. Um, and then they just added, um, learner, um, who I've never seen the guy play, but apparently he's pretty good. Um, one Kalamazoo. So everyone's kind of been on that hype train as of late. Um, but yeah, I think doubles is huge. I think getting them at home is great. They're a really good team. Obviously USC as a program is extremely experienced and stuff, but no, I mean, we're feeling good. Um, I think I'll get, I'll most likely play learner and single. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, no, we're feeling great. Doubles is big, of course, as it is in any match, um, in college tennis, but, um, yeah, we're prepared for a battle and, 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 you know, hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a great match. You and Steph competed at the collegiate event in Europe this past fall. When head coaches are good friends, they say, all right, I'll give you my first 10 plays. You give me yours. Do you say, hey, I'll give you my first 10 service spots. You give me yours. Yeah, I don't think so. I think, you know, last <laughs> time we played them, the last, last time we played them, uh, uh, me and Stye played Steph in doubles and Bradley. And I remember pretty early into the set, it was a big deuce point. And I hit a let cord ace and I went nuts. I started celebrating, like got the crowd going crazy. And Steph looked at me and he was kind of like, all right, like this is how it's going to be for, for the, for the time that we're on court. And I was kind of like, like, yup, like we're not, you know, we're not, we're not buddies right now. We're going to, we're going to fight. It's going to be ruthless, but obviously before and after a match, he's a good friend of mine now. And he's uh, yeah, he's the man. So on court, it won't be anything friendly, but, um, before and after, I'm sure it'll be it'll be all good. No, I love to hear it. Well, is there outside of your team a team, a coach, a player? I'm just curious because I know you're a college tennis fan as well. Is there someone outside of your team, coach, player, team wise, who's caught your eye and particularly impressed you this season? Because there's been a lot of storylines in 2023. Yeah, probably a few. I mean, I hate to say, it, but Trotter is playing good ball. Probably like what 15, 16 and 0 in dual matches. I think it's 25 um, now. It's crazy. In dual matches? Yeah. Wow. Did yeah, it's the, the Buckeyes. They run that they run the numbers up. Yeah, they do the double headers. Did um did Trotter play the fall? He did not play the fall. 
Wow. So it's all dual matches. Yeah. Yeah. He's having a hell of a year. Um, yeah. We had a battle in Columbus, six all in third before it got clinched, which was unfortunate. We couldn't finish that. I would have liked to, to possibly hand him that one. Um, trying to think about it. I mean, no, nah, it's been cool to see the Georgia boys kind of hit their stride, I think, especially a good group. I know Croyder pretty well. He's a great, great dude. Um, being able to see the UNC team be able to host was nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, Trotter's playing. And Spiz, obviously, one of my good friends is playing. He's having a hell of a year. I think he has one loss. Um, no, everyone's yeah, really good. Yeah, I feel like everyone's kind of having a good year. Yeah, that's the story. Is everyone's really good? Like again, I, I was saying this to someone else. It, like in any other season, this Michigan team's like a 2018 Wake Forest team, where it's like, yeah, they'd be head and feet shoulders. Or there are like there are nine teams you could say that about: USC, TCU, Texas, Ohio State, Kentucky, Georgia, etc. And it's like the problem is all of those teams exist within the same season. Like we're gonna look at the 20. <laughs> We're going to look at like 2025 and it'll be like Mert Oral at five. And it'll be like, yeah, that's great. But like Gavin <laughs> played five on the 2023 team. And it's like just the depth everywhere. Yeah, it's definitely the story. Yeah. Definitely one of, yeah, definitely one, probably the strongest year. Yeah. And that's for me makes- overall at college tennis. Level so high now, one through, honestly, one through six on every top eight team can, can play any position basically. Um, yeah. So that's that's cool to see. Obviously, it's been great. But yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting, uh, a lot of guys doing well this year, which is nice. And it's gonna be fun. Last question for you: Do you follow the individual rankings? I know they have the ATP Challenger team. You get into the individuals for the first time. Congratulations to you, by the way. Um, you know, was that something you're monitoring? And again, getting that shot at individuals, what does that mean to you? Um, yeah, I mean, monitor like as much as I could. Right, I would just kind of see see it pop up on whatever Tuesday or Wednesday morning, whatever it was, whether our team posted it or so my, my brothers are really into it. So usually they'd be the first ones to text me what I'm ranked um, and what the team's ranked and what the doubles rankings are. Yeah. And, you know, they're super invested into all of it, which is great. Um, but yeah, huge goal of mine to make individuals um, this year. I feel like I deserve to be there last year, especially, you know, singles and doubles with ED. Um, so that kind of hurt last year to not get in, but yeah, I mean, they have expectations for making the fall off and being, being behind the eight ball regarding the individual rankings with how important the fall is. But yeah, I got some really good wins early on in the season playing high, which helped a lot. But, um, yeah, I, I, I basically, I'd say I watched the rankings to the point where I knew I was going to get in. And then once I knew I was in, it's all good. And hopefully I'll make a run there. The goal is to obviously get on the get on the wall all American um, at Michigan. And then hopefully if if things go according to plan, I'll, you know, be in the be in the running for the wild cards this summer, which would be a huge, huge um kickstart to the pro career. Yeah. All I'm saying is like a six pack of insomnia cookies from you to Max Basing. Like just thank you, Max. I appreciate the huge fall you had. <laughs> and then, you know, again, that that's it's been a nice crutch for me to have uh, all season long. But no, dude, you've killed it all year. And obviously, I always enjoy watching the Wolverines compete. Uh 
the entire five-year run you've been a part of the team. It's been a really special run for me because it's been the five years we've been doing this Crack Racket show. And so obviously appreciate your tolerance of all of my nonsense over the course of the years and looking forward. Well, I said say looking forward to watching you compete. I'll be doing the rain dance to make sure that's the case. Um, but looking forward to watching, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll see you in Orlando no matter what for the individuals. And obviously looking forward yep. to you and the Wolverines uh, competing throughout the rest of the season. Hell yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, always a pleasure. Take care, my friend. Go Blue. Yes, sir. Go Blue. Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully, these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that's happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy, college tennis fans. We have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season. Of course, a shout out here at Crack Rackets to the man who makes all of that possible. Our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our dear friends at Turna for their support. Turner Tough, best grip in the business. You can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turner, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.